Wow. Point your hands and just thank Kathy for being here with us. Thank Holy Spirit for being here with us today. Put your hand on somebody next to you and say, thank you for being here with us today. Turn to the web and say, thank you for being with us today. Wow, 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 wow. Let's give one more shout before we sit down. Don't forget, Keith Pierce will be ministering in the Miracle Center Wednesday night. They said it was just incredible last Wednesday night. Let's thank God for Holy Spirit. Next Sunday, we're going to have things back at the Welcome Center because we're going to be harvesting our neighborhood next Tuesday night. James and Robin and Daniel and Amber are going to be leading an incredible worship time here. Your kids are welcome. We'll have things here for them. It's just an awesome, awesome day that we can rejoice. KB saw we KB, stand up. KB, stand up. KB saw we were praying for bowlers, and he got up and came up here so he could get prayed for. Lord, we bless him. You know, you'd be surprised how many people from the bowling world has have come in to know the Lord because of the influence that has come from this ministry. It's amazing. And, you know, don't be afraid to be where God tells you to be. You know, I, I've gotten so much flack by being involved with the bowlers at the bowling alley. I've gotten flack by meeting the Indians at the casinos. I've gotten flack by going to certain restaurants. I've gotten flack for praying over certain leaders worldwide. Y'all just give me a break and let me loose, okay? I mean, you just got to do what you... That's what we're here for. We're here to do it. need to find what you're supposed to do and do it. Now, we are in such incredible times right now. And, you know, enough revelation has come forth this week to know that this week is going to be quite different. So get ready for it. Take a deep breath. Because, see, in chaos, we don't stop finding our promise that God has for us to prosper. Say out loud to somebody next to you, you're called to prosper. And then you can't forget that we are living in an era of war. Show them that, Brian. And look how this whole era of 10 years looks like. An era is where history's being rewritten. And it's the line of the tribe of Judah blowing from heaven. The heavens are shifting. We can't do anything but shift down here in the earth realm because the heavens are shifting. But it means the dragon is arising in the heavens. And you know, you'll find in Revelation, there are going to be seven dragon nations that align together. And because uh, the dragon has seven heads. And we have to know that there is a lion of the tribe of Judah that is ruling all this down here. Listen, Psalms 2 says he just sits and laughs at what's going on down here in the earth realm. And, and with that, we have moved from, and, and see, this is what you want to think. We haven't, the years, you don't end a year in Hebrew Revelation. You, you move from a moment and start transitioning into the next phase of the whole cycle. And that's what's happened. We're moving what three was about was opening up new supply routes. It was about camels coming. I even wore them today. And uh, you have to rehearse what God's doing in the earth realm. And it's, uh, uh, it's been a year of divine recovery. Now, I want to say to you, we're celebrating divine recovery. 
We're celebrating miracles this year. And uh, we're, uh, I mean, every baby that's born is a miracle. Kiwi, stand up. You and Noella, that baby is so beautiful. Point at him. Say, we thank God for Noella. That baby is beautiful. And some, we, we just celebrated uh, Friday night, Summer and Charles. Now, Summer has had 14 miscarriages. And all of a sudden, God said, you pregnant. And we're celebrating that miracle. Look at somebody and say, we celebrate miracles. <laughs> we celebrated Elaine getting married. My Lord, I've known her so long. I've known, I knew them when they were married the first time. But that was 18 years ago. I am celebrating divine recovery for the Fontenot's. I am celebrating Daniel and Amber coming back from Israel after living through two wars and then being here to help us in the midst of the war that's going on. See, you celebrate divine recovery. You celebrate how, if you start celebrating that post-traumatic stress syndrome that's tried to take you out will let go of you. Now, I'm one who knew, I knows, I wrote a half a book on post-traumatic stress syndrome. And it, it comes off of you because joy pushes it out. It can't stay in you. You, you. you keep moving forward. And so we're moving from this divine recovery and opening up new supply routes. Amon, did you get that picture I sent you? Is there any way you can just show it flip it up here right quick because when Keith decreed that he had no idea this came out in the news today I mean it's amazing what we're watching happening U.S. oil inventories rise as domestic production hits record high Francis Pike from Oklahoma sent that right to me, said this just came out. That's when Keith was prophesying, this is so important for us to understand this, that there are resources waiting to bubble up. Put your hand right here. I mean, there's resources in you. And why they're bubbling up right now, go ahead, Brian, if you want to get back to you, is because this divine recovery and supply line is leading us to this door of promise this year. But, and see, don't forget, I don't want you to forget what the year's about. Let's go ahead and show it. One, uh, you know, it's about going through a gate. It's about entering the door of your future. It's about ascending through a portal. Could you believe that portal that formed outside? I mean, only God can do stuff like that because he rules the heavens. Those are signs you want to watch for. And yet there is a war to secure our promise. And that's really important. So this year is about a kingdom war that's going on. That's why you're seeing so much in the news that's happening because there's a kingdom war happening. It's kingdoms in conflict. And there's kingdom, and the kingdom violent pursuers. Throw your hand up and say, that's me. We've got to arise. You signed up for this. Tell somebody you signed up for this. And you know, you know what God says? He says, let Judah arise and go first. Let Judah rise up. Let Judah arise. Let Judah go first. Now let's remind you of who Judah is. Judah, see God has an order for victory. So until Judah arises, we don't have victory. Let's thank God that Judah arises in this place. 
Judah was an apostolic leader. It's not just praise, it's apostolic leadership with sound. And, but Judah means praise will take preeminence. Without praise going first, you won't have victory. And all the messes you're going through right now, stop for a minute and just praise him. Praise him. It, it, it won't feel good. It might not feel good in the midst of your mess. It might not feel good, but once you start doing it, it's going to catch up with you. Lisa, you throw a gutter ball and you need to stop and praise before you throw the next ball. Now, And that's really how simple it is. Don't forget that praise takes preeminence. So Judah, that tribe that was chosen, knew how to use sound. They knew how to extend their hand. That's really what it means. To extend their hand and throw a stone at the enemy. See, that's what, why David was so anointed when he came onto that battlefield and they had all come under Goliath's prophecy saying they would be defeated. And David walked on just bringing cheese and figs and bread and he said, why y'all listen to him? Well, David had Judah in it. Put your hand right here and say, I know Judah's moving. And David said, wait a minute, I've got an anointing to deal with this. And Saul, remember, tried to put his armor on him. It doesn't work like that, people. Quit comparison, comparing yourself to other people. Doesn't work like that. You can't put somebody else's armor on. I can't wear what Pam wears. I told her the other day, I said, maybe, because this week I've spoken six times and traveled a lot this week, and I said, and she built the most incredible Taj Mahal guinea coop out there I've ever seen. I mean, because, you know, we're creating a model of how the land prospers and everything on the land prospers and has a purpose and produces prosperity. I said, uh, uh, we could trade and you could go speak and I could head out of the garden. She said, you don't even, you won't even get in the sun. See, you do what you're called to do. God knows why he made you the way he did. He knows why he made hippopotamuses. He knows why he made the serpent. Now, so Judah plows. Without the plowing of Judah, we can't spring forth. And the lion of the tribe of Judah is beginning to roar in the heavens. Now, now that's just not being said that it's happening in this era. Now, see, and here's the other thing. The kingdom of God is within you. And we have entered into this new battle for recovery and restoration. If you'll just read the book, of, I'll try to get something out for us that will help us a daily prayer time. But if you will read the book of Nehemiah, you'll understand. We are moving from recovery and restoration, just like in the book of Nehemiah, but he also had to establish the gates. And see, you don't, you don't start off your recovery and restoration by establishing the gates. You start off by going in and evaluating what needs to happen, start working on it, and then eventually look what's, what happens in chapter 6 of Nehemiah. Now, when Sambalet, Tobiah, uh, Gershom, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although at that time I had not set up the doors and the gates. 
Well, that's what the year's about. You've been rebuilding your wall. That's divine recovery. But now we're having to set up the gates and there's a war at the gates. Now, in this battle of recovery, our deliverer is here. Shout it. Our deliverer is here. See, he is Judah. Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Mashat, the anointed one. And he has within him a shout. Now, during this decade, that shout has to come forth from us. The same shout that was in him has to come out of us. And you have to remember who he was when he came to deliver us. He came to destroy the works of the devil, 1 John 3, 8. To do that, he sacrificed himself to buy you back. Because the only way he could get you back in his kingdom to be used in his army for today was to die to buy you back. But then he had to overcome the power of death, hell, and the grave for you. Don't walk around worried about the grave all the time. By the time you get in it, you're not going to know it. You've got to know that he is working on death and hell on your behalf. Your spirit is being transformed. And here's the beauty of what he did. He ascended. See, there's gifts of the spirit. There's gifts of the father. And he gave gifts to mankind. And there's gifts of the Son. And he ascended, gave gifts to mankind. And, but he left his spirit, Holy Spirit, his third person here in the earth realm. He's very near to you. He, he's, he wants to live inside of you. He wants to empower you. He, he does, the Lord doesn't want to save us to take away joy from us. I mean, I listen to some people and they think we're getting saved to be uh, nuns and monks. That is not what's happening with us. He is taking and bringing a new incredible helper to you to help you to manifest in you, to do things through you that will help you on your journey. And he says, the shout of the Lord is within us. See, Judah, once he's living inside of us, he shouts inside of us. You're capable of letting it go. Now, if Elaine was here, she'd stand up and do something. Is that what you're going to do on the front row? You're capable of letting it go. Now, Now, and he wants you to arise and shout, and we're going to have to this year. We're going to have to shout it down. And you're just going to have to go for it. I I don't know what else to tell you. I cannot give you a one, two, three, four of how you're going to shout. But I can tell you this, I told you before about this, when that key uh, executive from one of the oil companies, her, uh, uh, her, uh, a lady who has always been a part of our life brought her husband because he'd been diagnosed with cancer again, and he did, wasn't into how crazy y'all are. And yet, and she told me that. She said, now, he didn't know anything about how wild some groups can be. 
And I said, yeah, but he's dying. What's he got to lose? And she brought him. And Robert spoke on healing that Sunday. I couldn't believe it, how God set it up. And then at the end, Robert gave a call for people to come forth to be healed. And I just came forth to pray for people. And here she brings him up to me. And the minute he comes up and stands in front of me, the Lord says, drop on your knees and scream as loud as you can into his prostate. I'm just thankful I know the Lord. I did not say hello. I did not say anything. I did exactly what the Lord did, yell to the top of my lungs into his groin. I stood up and said, we are so glad you came today. And I ran out of there. (laughs) By the time he got to MD Anderson or St. Luke's, where he was going in Houston, when he got there, his diagnosis was no cancer at all. Now, now, I don't know why we don't move like that all the time. Well, I do know. Did Robin prophesy that this morning? Didn't you prophesy something that God was going to get rid of all of something out of us? Yeah, you did. You prophesied it. It, it, you, you have to let go for miracles to flow through you. And see, it's you that God's dealing with. And with that, he's doing some things that are so important for us. And that's why the sword, remember, I saw that sword on our feet, and I saw the sword coming down. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit. It goes down into, your Word goes down into your bone marrow. Once the Word gets in your bone marrow, it starts flowing through. It's a mystery. It starts flowing through your blood. There... Disease cannot withstand the word if you will let the word get into the cell that it needs to get into in your bone marrow. And I know this with me. Uh, I got baptized in the Holy I came to know the Holy Spirit when I was 18. And, and when Pam and I were at A&M, the Lord spoke to me. And I started reading the word devouring it. And uh, while I was at A&M, the Lord told me, I want you to be able to read the word without opening the book. And I knew right then he was saying, I want the word flowing through your blood. I want your blood filled with my word. I want you to, somebody to say, what does Nehemiah 6 and 7 say? And you just be able to let Nehemiah 6 and 7 flow through your blood. Because if you got captured, or if somebody kidnapped you, or took you hostage, you probably not going to have the Bible there with you, but I want to still have my quiet time. You get my drift? Now, so with that, see, we're becoming, say it out loud, I'm becoming. (laughs) I'm moving from my last state. And this is what he told Jacob. Jacob, you worm, I'm going to make you into a new sharp threshing instrument. That's a big shift, people. And, And God's kingdom people 
are the key force in the world right now. And we have to represent him. And we have to allow the love of God to be seen where he sends us. That does not mean we are not wise as serpents. Because we also have to be that. And with that, the kingdom of God is within you and there is a violence of God rising up in his people. That violence means we're becoming uncompromising. We're, we're becoming, you, you need to know who you are wherever you are. You don't need to let your atmosphere or your circumstance or the place you're in dictate who you are. I know who I am wherever I am. I was on a plane most of the week this week. I know who I am on that plane. And others around you can tell you are different. They can tell you're carrying something that is different about you. And with that, we have to know that our spirit man, see, he's the father of our spirits. You, you have to eventually get past your blood family because when Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you and you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've, you've exchanged identity. And the, the Spirit in you comes alive and the Word of God says the Spirit of man can withstand his weakness that attempts to overtake and weaken and defeat him. Now, that's how simple it is. Our spirit man always build up your spirit. Jude says you do it by praying in the spirit. And it's, it's amazing, our praising. If you'll praise, you'll build up your spirit. The word of God will build up your spirit. Because we are moving into our identity for the future. Now, how do we get there? Number one, you've got to address your fears because they're at the gate. And see, the war is at the gate this year, so you're going to have to tell fear, you getting out of the way because I'm coming through. You'd be surprised how fear of abandonment will try to overtake you, our fear of rejection, our fear of the future. Uh, and you have to tell your fear. You, you've got to get out of the way. But here's the main thing. You're going to have to receive who the Lord says you are. Not your failures and what they've dictated to you. Are not what other people have said about you. Are not what your insecurities have told you. You're going to have to say, now, Lord, you made me. You left me here. I, I've reached out for you. Now, make me into what I'm supposed to be. And that's really important if who you are in him is going to be seen by all the rest of the world. You've got to know you have a portion and you've got to meditate on your portion, <clears throat> you have to know how to use the portion you've been given to make it multiply. Remember the one who just went and stuck it in the bank and hid it and held it down and said, I, I, I just knew you were, I was afraid of you. It was fear that was doing it. And therefore, I didn't want to lose any of it when he could have multiplied it 10 times, 30 times, 60 times, 100-fold. And so you've got to meditate on where you're going. What's happening with you? And some of you, you say, well, I'm retired. I'm sitting at home. But that doesn't mean you're not there to sit at home and pray us somewhere. There are times without you praying, I, I think I can't push through this. 
And you have to know that we're all becoming new and you're going to have to give everybody a little space to get there. So don't be quick to judge because we're all becoming new. Then you have to know that Judah is in you and Judah wants to arise and that giant that's trying to stop you, there's a rock laying around somewhere. If you can't find a rock, get a brick. (laughs) Now, there's something God has in your path to take out that giant. And if not, go find somebody else to get in your path with you and say, you take him on first. If he takes you out, I'm right behind you back here. (laughs) Listen, that's the beauty of the body. Look around and say, somebody here can help me. (laughs) Lisa and Jesus came over last night and they said, we need some money. Well, Pam went and got her purse, gave Lisa money, and Jesus said, well, ain't, don't the daddy give me some? I said, I ain't got no money. So he said, he turned, Pam gave him all the rest of her money. There is somebody in your path that can help you. Doing it all on your own. It ain't going to work out for you. That's called independence. God never made the body independent. You signed up to hook in to the rest of us. And if you hadn't, you better find out who you're going to hook into. Because I wouldn't want to take on the wars ahead, only me. Now, and then... Let me tell you, and this is really, I I feel like God has done this in me. Once I know I'm supposed to do something, I set my face like a flint. I don't back away from it. Once I know I'm supposed to walk with somebody, I walk it to the end with them. I don't care what it costs me. Because I know if God gave them to me, I'm going to walk it out with them. And you have to set your face like a flint to get to where you're going because Jesus did because his disciples tried to even keep him from going and doing what God sent him to do. But he set his face like a flint. That's what I loved about Peter. You know, once he got a paradigm that he was going to communicate, Peter Wagner, he wouldn't stop Till he had created havoc in the body of Christ. <laughs> Communicating it to make sure everybody knew God was changing things. Now, a couple more things I want to say. Why Holy Spirit is so important. This is a Holy Spirit era. See, Holy Spirit is a pay word. In Hebrew, this whole era is called pay. And actually, Holy Spirit his name means one who ends the curse. The one who ends the curse that started in my house. Now, if you want curses in your house to end, Holy Spirit has to become part of your house. Now, a few more things. Every generation must have leaders that are willing to war and model deliverance for the future. Kathy, that's what I love so much about Apostle John. He modeled deliverance apostolically. And every generation has to be watching the leaders, whether you like us or don't like us. That's not one of the requirements. 
you need to see who God puts you in your life because there's a reason the Word of God says He chooses pastors after your own heart. There's a reason He put them in your life. There's something He wants you to see that they have that you don't have. There's some way they operate that you hadn't got yet, gotten yet. There's some key they have, like Keith said today, that he knew he didn't have, but he knew I did have. And I'll go ahead and say this. I started decreeing that when we were down with Robin and James in, in Houston. Robin gave a word about the refineries. And I started decreeing and driving by all the refineries, praying for Houston. Because it's part of my DNA. It's part of what happened. And Penny came to me, poor Keith. Penny came to me and said, listen, they have contacted me from our great... He said, she said, I don't know who this woman is that left you and I royalties. It was our great, great grandmother that they found Penny and I... Poor Keith. Everybody say, poor Keith. Trust me, he'll get his portion from us some way. Now, but... great, great grandmother whose royalties had been held up and they found us. I'm telling you, you start decreeing things, you start decreeing things and something's going to stir up in you. It's amazing. Now, each leader, see, Judah has an apostolic quality about it. And each leader must make sure that they speak the future into existence. See, the world is framed by faith. But in the world, it's timed. God's not timed. He's spoken it and we're in time and we're going to have to speak what he has put in the world in front of us and framed into reality. And we're going to have to be willing to leave this legacy of faith for somebody. Wait a minute. Where's Elaine? Somebody. <laughs> Somebody can move it into the future. Now, and here's the reason. Because at the gate, there's a war. But there's something else going on this year. See, covenant enemies that are set against your prosperity from previous seasons, gained a footing in your bloodline. And we go through seasons where we're being delivered and freed up. And yet, if you don't get the big toe of that enemy out of you, this is what Ephesians 4 is about. If you don't get that big toe out, that thing begins to grow into a whole foot. And this year, God is dealing with enemies that weren't taken out in other seasons. Now, I want you to hear this, because this is what I want to get to. He's dealing with enemies that got left in other apostolic seasons by apostolic leaders. Because they were just too big to deal with. And he's saying, well, wait a minute. 
We're not going to get through the gate till we deal with certain things. Matter of fact, you go into the gate to deal with certain things that has not, that have not been dealt with. Now, I want to read one scripture to you out of Joshua that God quickened to me this week. Chapter 11, verse 21 and 22. Joshua came at the time and cut off the Anakim. That's the giants. See, Joshua dealt with the giants when he took the people into the land. From the hill country, from Hebron, from Debir, from Anab, from all the hill country of Judah and the hill country of Israel, Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. He took on the giants. This apostolic leader took on the giants. None of the Anakim were left in the land of the Israelites. Only they were left in Gaza. You think God's going to let things against his covenant just keep working it out and ruling? Somebody is going to have to say, wait a minute. You ain't coming through my gate, but what you've got in mind on the other side, I'm coming to get. The word of God will always set it straight for us. You ain't got no question about this. There comes a time where he says, you know that giant in Gaza that they never took out when I sent them into the promised land in Judah? That land was Judah's land and Judah never took it out. Let me tell you something. That giant is not going to shout in my kingdom this year. And I'm just saying the same thing. There are certain things that ain't going to keep speaking in your blood this year. You're going to say, you're going to get quiet. Just because mama and daddy didn't take it out. You and I are going to war. And I'm not warring you from the outside. I'm letting him who's in me rise up and war against you. The kingdom, let's stand up. The kingdom of God is within you. The shout of the Lord is within you. The Lord said, I'm popping a cork that's had you corked up. You go all week long this week. You go bubble up James if you start bubbling up you just come up here grab the mic tape it I am telling you God is saying my people will shout the shout of Judah let's give a shout Turn 
come to somebody and tell them I see you rising up this week. I see the bottle popping. Cork. The cork popping in you this week. I see you saying some things you have never said before. over every one of us and every one of you listening for you to do what you need to do this week. Give one more shout and pray us through. is living in me than he that is in the world. I will declare for the Lord has declared. I will shout for the shout of the King has gone before me and I will arise for the Lord has risen I will not back down. The victory is won, so the victory is mine. The victory is won, the victory is mine. Oh, he is alive. He is alive, he is alive, he is alive, he is alive. It's not just an epithet, he is alive, 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 he is alive. He is alive, he has overcome, and he has seen the end already, and he has written my victory, he's already written my victory, the path is already set, and every enemy they're just waiting for the doom that awaits them, for I'm arising, I'm arising, if we just have our eyes open, we say Lord, When everything has silenced and the wind stopped blowing, I will still not back down. When the rumbling ends and the shaking ceases, I will continue to watch. I will continue to stand, I won't back down. I will not back down, for the strength of the Lord remains in my 
Continues through time, continues through my generations. And if I will remain here in your word, here on the wall, here in your presence, I'm setting a precedent for my generations. I will not back down. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Father, for every word that has come forth. Father, we will continue. Lord, we don't shout from a place of hype. We shout from a place of knowing what you have done. We shout from a place of knowing that we have sure victory when we remain you Lord you are faithful we shout because of your faithfulness we shout because your praises are true we shout because we Everything that Chuck began to declare, Lord, we are moving in the power of who you are. We are moving in the power of, of the overcoming that you have already set in place. We thank you, Lord. Look, I send you forth. Thank you, God. Lord, don't, don't, do not, don't forget, y'all, everything that's happening this week. Wednesday, Keith Pierce, and just we continue to move together. Hallelujah. You are dismissed.